0: There is hope for us yet yeah. Go ahead, you start We are young, we are well I am Holly Mm-mm. There
1: is no time for this <laughs> day There's No time regrets There's
0: I am Holly Whitaker And so and I am Laura McAllen And
1: this is Holly Whitaker uh, Hey,
0: uh, hey Hey, <laughs> hey was waiting oh
1: for you to say it, to say hey <laughs> hey welcome
0: back to boston hi i know for a whopping 12 hours
1: for a whopping 12 hours what do you oh are you leaving again
0: yeah i'm leaving at 7 a.m to go to austin it will be <gasps> oh, my, oh this is austin weekend yeah it'll be hmm. my last uh work trip for my, why my you, job that i quit why are you going to austin for work. I have clients there. Oh. And so I'm doing those meetings. And uh, and then I'm staying an extra day to hang out with people some we know. ladies. Some mm-hmm. people we know. Yeah. That's awesome. From the internet. From the internet. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm excited. Yeah. You. I'm so excited. I'm going to um, – we're going to go have tacos for breakfast and awesome. st- stuff. I've not been to Austin since
1: um, I stopped drinking. That was my last.
0: I haven't either. Oh,
1: really? Well, no. I mean, that was no. where I had my last drink. I literally. Oh, really? Yeah. Did I know that? Uh, maybe I don't know. I don't
0: think I did.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was. And I haven't been. What a bit was so... your last drink? It was definitely whiskey. I I slightly don't recall. And no, actually, I went back to, uh, I'm pretty sure, I went back to a hotel room and had um, whatever was in a gift basket of the man I was sleeping with. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing in Austin? For your last um, time? I I worked at a company that um did really awesome quarterly meetings, and for our quarterly uh, meeting, it was like a it was a startup that was uh, actually beyond the startup at that point. But um, yeah, I was there for
0: for a work meeting. It was awesome. It was I taught a class. That's pretty funny. to have awesome quarterly meetings because you can barely like recover from the last one before you have another one I mean yeah. that's for four times a year that's funny
1: yeah I have I've heard it's changed a little bit I've heard it's I've heard it's gotten more adult and adults and responsible been. um but yeah that was yeah it was a great company anyway that's I'm, funny
0: yeah no I want to just say this about Austin too because I had what was the like the uh realization the last time I was there I realized my marriage was Over like while I was there, and I had it was at for South by Southwest, and it was one of those. It was it that trip is so burned into my brain for so many reasons. I was drunk the whole time. It was just I was so sick like coming on that plane back, and you know a month and a half later uh, was when my husband moved out. So I haven't been there for since all of that. (laughs) You know. Yeah. So it'll be interesting, but I'm excited. I I. I kind of cringed and looked away every time South by Southwest came up for the past yeah. few years, or any time Austin came up, because I loved my like I went there for several years, and you know it it's a great place. I really love it love it, but I you know had such like a burned memory of the last time, and I feel I'm excited to to have a new one.
1: Yeah, I know, I know exactly. Yeah. What I mean,
0: yeah.
1: So, okay, so before we get into what we're talking about today, mm-hmm. um, we have a couple of announcements to make. Uh, mine is that Hip Sobriety School is uh, open for registration now. We opened it last night. And mm-hmm. uh, we begin the school on May 5th. It runs for eight weeks. It's an eight-week online, essentially sobriety school, we really work to help all the participants Um learn as much as they possibly can about all the ways to build a holistic path to recovery and we do it in a community um and uh it's yeah I'm so tired because they just did a webinar last (laughs) night we just launched it last night and so I'm a little brain dead on talking about it but yeah but it's an excellent excellent thing to do if you're looking to build your to build a stronger path to recovery and it's not about you know the school is it is of course about quitting alcohol but it's also about really structuring um paths back to our whole self so it's not just Mm -hmm. merely about how to not drink it's really about so much more and you can learn all about it if you go to um either my web my website hipsobriety.com i didn't say the w's no w (laughs) w w or you can go to the hipsobriety com, and that's the page that has all the information about it so it did sell out last time um, there's limited space, but, mm-hmm. uh, we are open. We're, oh my God, I'm so Brandon, um, no, yeah. <laughs> <because, It's good. laughs> no, it, it is open and it, it starts May 5th. And yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. I
0: like how you explain it when you say, um, that you help teach people how to navigate sobriety. Like, I yeah. think that's such a great way of explaining when it is. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's confusing as, all hell and and really it's it's
1: designed in order to empower people around all the aspects of what what a healthy recovery and what a holistic recovery involves and and how to kind of navigate a really scary um a really scary thing so yes with a lot of hope and optimism i'm excited and yeah, just, and you're going to be part of it. You're, you're coming on board and your title is Chief of Relationships <laughs> and Community, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what we decided. Chief
1: Officer Chief, of... Yes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, so Laura's going to be part of it. She's going to be helping, essentially, um, with building smaller communities within the larger community, uh, which I am just terribly excited about. So you've been part of it now yeah. each time we've had it. So this time you're coming on board um, as a officially as an employee, not an, as an employee. Well, yeah, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah as, a, as an official part of the. <laughs> the- system no it's gonna be it's gonna be great and I and the community aspect I think you know just really quick is the best is one of the best parts like your your curriculum is incredible but the community thing is the part that you know never ever goes away and um that I think you know is sticky one of the most valuable aspects of it so I love you know being involved in that so yes register Yay! Okay, and then the next
1: announcement is
0: yeah. So I um I did a my my first workshop in April. My first yeah my first workshop. I'd been teaching yoga for a long time, but my first three hour you know bigger workshop I taught in April and it sold out in Boston and it was it was great. I mean I loved teaching it and it um, from that sort of the the theme that bubbled to the top. Um, both being my favorite thing to talk about and one of the things that the participants and the people who attended wanted to talk about the most and sort of dig into was fear. Uh, you know, the big macro concept of fear, but how it plays out in our everyday lives and how, you know, our relationship to it and how we uh, navigate it um, because is, is that it is always there. And so we, I'm doing a workshop focused. It's a yoga-based workshop. It's focused. Uh, it's called... Um, working with fear and manifesting change. And it'll be, th- this one will be at September 24th. It's all on my website and uh, register. There's there's 40 spots. So it's these, I like to keep small, um, small-ish. And, you know, the studio only allows for so much too. But I'm going to try to be teaching these, that theme uh, in a bunch of different cities. So stay tuned for that. I'm so excited. Yeah, that's your jam for sure. And I think I'm going to try and come out for it.
1: <gasps> I just get I back hoping, from Rome. I was hoping you can I know, that. I know. I get back from Rome September 11th, I think. Um, but I really want to come for it. So,
0: well, maybe you just make a pit stop.
1: <clears throat> oh, for, for <laughs> first two be weeks you might to go home. <laughs> 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 we'll, see. we'll see. Yeah. All right.
0: So, um, let's do it. Yeah, um, uh, so what happened last week, though? Because it was... The, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the second time we, we haven't posted a, work, uh, a No, pod. it's the first time we haven't. No, we missed one... Or we were late one week. We were late. Right? We were late. But yeah. no, we've never okay. missed
1: a week. We missed a week because essentially we were interviewing for our third part of the eating disorders. And uh, for some reason, the second half of it, just my audio completely got messed up. And so... This is uh, something that we're going to have to re-interview because it was, or redo because it was an interview with uh, okay. Jenny Thomas, who was, who's the the head of the. Mass General uh, Eating Disorders Research Department, and also a, I believe she's an associate researcher, and associate professor at Harvard on eating disorders. It was an incredible episode, and- Yes, uh, it was so good. It was so good, and it's gone, so we have to redo it. But, um, so that's coming up, the third part of the eating disorders is coming up. But yeah, we missed yeah. it last week because it died. You sounded like a Because I sounded like
0: a chipmunk, yeah, so. <laughs> a speedy chipmunk. So, so yeah, so that'll be up soon. But today, we, today we're talking about freaking out. Yeah. Uh, and why we are we talking to... about it?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> because
1: we're both freaking the fuck out. I'm not freaking out right now. I'll be honest. Yeah. I'm actually oh, you were
0: earlier today.
1: No, I had, well, I was, wor- I'm worried, I always get worried when we launch these things, it just brings yeah. up, it's a lot, but you I'm not like, no, I'm, I'm, I was fine, um, <laughs> not, I, whenever, like, when I say freak out, because I'm just naturally, my baseline is a, is a little um, high strung to begin with, when I say freaking out, I mean, <laughs> it's like off, everyone it's knows. off, yeah, <laughs> all the
0: wheels are off, uh, uh. <laughs> <gasps> yeah, I I am not freaking out right now either, but I have been for about 2 weeks, maybe yeah. 3.
1: Yeah. And when we say so when we say freaking out, what we really mean is we're talking about times of deep groundlessness, or not even deep groundlessness, but just of 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 groundlessness in times full groundlessness groundlessness. yeah Yeah. well but it's so weird to say full groundlessness because that's like such a positive and a negative but I know but it's like total groundlessness. total groundlessness yeah um but yeah we're talking about like when when you're standing in the space of uh, you know of, of of something when you when you've stepped into a space that you've never been in before and and made a major leap and I think that um, and and you freak, and and your body and your mind and everything just kind of has a, a really powerful reaction to that, and it's yeah, cause
0: that's it. It's like there are many layers of it.
1: Um, yeah,
0: you know, even if my mind, yeah, I, yes, that's why we're talking about it. I
1: yeah, and the emphasis of
0: it. You know, go ahead. No, you go. Well, the, emphasis, the impetus of it was that you
1: quit your job. And we were talking about this because not only did you quit your job, but all this other stuff has happened. You know, I mean, right. like we know from social media that your you and, and your lover broke up and you made, you know. <laughs> you had to say that word. Lover, okay. And you made, I hate that word, and that you made, you know leggings out of his sweater and you you know so you had that fallout and then you quit your job and then you did your first workshop um and then you're doing this thing on huffpo now um Mm -hmm. that's a big thing and you know like there's just and there's more things too i'm trying to think of what what it all was, but we're talking about it so
0: but it it was all within like three weeks too yeah four weeks yeah Yeah. we were talking about
1: it because mainly it's the leaving the security of a job and we're talking about that because it's something um I was I was kidding around and I was just saying well you're gonna you know this is gonna happen and this is gonna happen and this is gonna happen because I had been through probably the biggest major freak out of my life was also right after I left my job um and so we just were talking about um what an interesting time that is and decided to talk about it today
0: you know, when you were just saying that, because I've been trying to explain this, and I'm glad we we're talking about it, because it's still, like, I'm still right in the middle of it, so I don't really, and haven't written about it very well, and I, so I still don't totally understand it, but when you were just talking, I thought, you know, it's kind of like when something, not to be so great, great uh, grave, but it's like when someone passes away, or when you lose something, and there's that initial shock that has still a lot of specific energy, you know, and people are hovered around you. And, you know, really supportive. And there's, you know, cards, and there's notes, and there's posts on social media, and there's all that stuff. And then a couple weeks after that, everything, everything goes back to normal for everybody else. And it's like then the wave really comes at least that's how I experienced it it was there's that initial uprush of excitement the adrenaline big excitement and and adrenaline and and then it was like my body just you know it it was the it was after the dust settled that I really started to freak out
1: yeah
0: Um, so that yeah that's and it is it's like no better way to describe it than just a really interesting specific thing yeah um yeah it is That's that's a
1: really yeah it is a very interesting and specific thing I can feel it's hard to talk about as we're going through this I'm finding like it's hard to talk about because there's so much to it but at the same time it is you know I can think of you know the exact times when when I was afflicted by this like major freak out of mm-hmm. um, of it's kind of what have I done or what's gonna happen it's the uncom- it's being uncomfortable in a void it's standing in empty space. it's like watching you know it's that place in between where the I think it was I don't know who said it, but like it's where the ground has fallen out and you haven't moved into the new ground yet. it's just yes. uh,
0: it's oh. Well, I know what I think of is Mary Carr said in Lit that there, like when you first get sober, there's the initial like uprush of relief that you haven't, you know, you're not like exploding anymore, but it takes a long time. Like it's jarring, you know, if you've been in the dark to like look at the sun, it's jarring and it takes a while for your new equipment to become operational. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it's similar it's also very similar to how I felt in early sobriety really really similar and how I felt when my husband moved out or you know when I got back from Austin we knew our relationship was over but he didn't move out for two months like that in between time um it's the same exact experience it's the same feeling and it is really hard to explain
1: there's so we're try. this, yeah. Well, there's this. Um, the quote was Nancy Levin. It's honor the space between no longer and hold on. Um, mm. Honor the space between no longer and not yet. And then there's also a quote that's, um, that 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 Marion Woodman put together, which is we usually need to leave the old without any promise of the new, and need to spend time as forest dwellers just surviving. And I think those I love no. those two quotes because they really kind of capture it, which is you move out of one thing, and then you have it moved into another thing fully. And that's what, that's to me what groundlessness is. That's yes. to me what groundlessness is. And it's so uncomfortable.
0: So uncomfortable. It's, it really is. Why is that? Is it like our identity I think well I mean because it's
1: because it goes against human nature right there was yeah. something that I was reading last night when I was doing the webinar which is it comes from Buddha brain which is humans humans survive looking there's three distinct things that humans do in order to ensure survival and one is one major thing is stability we're always seeking balance right we're always seeking mm-hmm. to have things that um, that keep that give us a sense that that everything is in balance and we're secure the second thing is we're always looking we're always avoiding opportunities and approaching threat or no 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 approaching opportunities and avoiding threat and then the third yeah. is we're always seeking to establish our identity right like our ego our separate yes. selves is such a big thing so when you do something like this when you move from this place of like i know who i am i know what i do i know who my people are i know mm-hmm. like i know all of this i you know i know how to avoid discomfort and seek things that feel like yeah. they're secure When you basically are throwing the three things that humans do in order to ensure survival out the window. You're changing your identity, possibly destroying your identity, you know, possibly burning your identity. You're moving away from the things that held you up and the security that held you up. And you're and it doesn't and it's and and, an unknown seems very threatening. What we know seems very safe. Comfort zone. Unknown is threatening. And so it's like you do all three, you know, like either sobriety or leaving a job. You just kind of, you move from, you You basically go against the things that we've been taught that keep us together as a human being.
0: Yeah. Even if, even though, you know, even though you want the thing you're leaping towards, like very much, even though you, you know, don't want the thing that's comfortable very much, you yeah. know, it's still it's insane it's so um yeah I mean you explained it perfectly and that that is what it is it's I love that Nancy Levine quote that was like I forgot all about that one it's um the best way to describe early sobriety that I found yeah yeah and the best play and the best way I think
1: also To describe what we're talking about, which is Mm -hmm. leaving something familiar, like leaving a job, right? And not just leaving a job for another job. That's lateral. Right, A lot of times it's very lateral. We're talking about, you know, and even though that has its own set of scary things, but we're talking about, you know, what you did just a month ago, and what I did, you know, a couple years ago, which is is mm. is really leaving the security of a paycheck, health insurance, a community of people going to the same place every day, having to set an alarm, having to, like, abide by rules, yeah. and then moving Gosh. into this place where all of a sudden, you're the one making the rules, there is no schedule, there is no paycheck, <laughs> there is no right. community, <clears throat> you know, like, it's just, it's moving from a defined set of circumstances
0: to a complete blank canvas, which is, um yeah. Which is, yeah. And, and, you know, new, like all kinds of new fears come up, you know, for me. And I know you, I think said this, I don't know if you felt this way, but I definitely felt, feel scared of my, because of my history. Right. I, I don't roll. I don't trust my own self-discipline very much. I don't, um, you know, I'm not like a, a great, Uh, structure person and so to rely on myself to do those things is really scary um and it'll you know it requires relying on sort of a a new person that I have only recently established myself to be
1: (laughs) to be (laughs) or accepting
0: my my because I you know I I in in my drinking you know I was thinking about it today when I had my daughter you know I successfully took my daughter to Colorado and back from Colorado, and there were, you know, we had to make flights and, you know, be on time when people said, you know, told us where they were, they were going to pick us up, and all those little things that really used to just um, send me into a spin. You know, I, I half of it would fall apart for sure. And we landed today, and I'm thinking, you know, my phone is charged, I can call. Um, my ex, Alma's dad, and have him pick us up and tell him exactly where we are. And I'm just so glad it's like little things like that that I can be counted on now. Yeah. But that is really recent, you know. And so building a whole thing that relies on only recently established, you know, new patterns and um, knowing that I don't have to have it all like perfectly figured out and I can ask for help and things like that is is part of the really, really terrifying piece for me.
1: Yeah. So can we just say, like, so we're talking today about freaking out, but I think what we're really specifically talking about, and I kind of, just to kind of focus it, I think maybe just both of us talking about um, the freaking out that came with uh, leaving our jobs, also Mm -hmm. leaving our jobs in somewhat newly established sobriety. Because I think that that's really, like, an easy, like, because we could go all over the map with this, but I really like that because we've both done it. And what you just said is so huge, which is... You're not yet fully established in this new thing that you've created, and yet you have, you know, kind of made this really big, huge change um, that on some way you're not, you know, like I know this so well because I felt the same exact thing. I was nine months sober when I left my job. And I, you know, and, and, oh, and left my job to start a company about sobriety. You know, nine months sober. (laughs) And I felt so, like, I felt like... Like there was no way I could go on any longer doing what I was doing and so ready for it. But you're exactly right. When I did that, when I made that move, I was just like, oh my, like, what am I relying on here? What an, like, when, like, what an idiot, you know, what an idiot to like, just have (laughs) these newly established things and then put all this pressure on, on that foundation, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. I mean, what you did took took so much balls. It's not even funny. (laughs) But it also It's almost ridiculous. It's almost totally ridiculous, but... But it felt like it had been, and
1: I know this is true for you, and we'll say this. Like, it seems really... It does seem silly, but it also, at the same time, didn't feel like I could make it for one more day. I First of all, I had been planning it for the whole time. You know, I've been planning it while I was still drinking, um, because that was when the... That was when it, you know, became apparent that that something needed to be done, um, and then the other part of it was that. I wanted to leave so much earlier, and so did you. I mean, I was, you know, I was putting myself out in every possible way I could and trying to make it happen before it happened. It couldn't have come soon enough. And looking back on it, I mean, I was literally a week a week off of pot and cigarettes when I quit. A week. Okay. And, you know, and, and it was just this, this. but it was also, uh, there's this this other part of it too, which is that I was also really... Um, sure of myself in a in a way that I'd never been sure of myself before. And I know that you feel this way about yourself. You see something, and you're like, I know I can do that. I know I need to do it. I know my heart is screaming at me that I need to do it, and everything is telling me I need to go. Um, and you, you know, and yeah. everything in your, you know, but at the same time, what you did, same for me, there had to be a trigger point. There had to be something that was like not, like a sign and a and a yeah. way. And that happened for both of us, right? It I happened know. maybe too soon on some level, but it's also I think. In perfect time.
0: Yeah, too soon and too too soon and not soon enough. Like I, I Mm -hmm. mean, you. How long had we been talking? Had you and I been talking about you know me leaving my job? I mean, before like even before we became that close, I don't think you ever saw me in the position that I was in. You know, like you, you were like, well, of course you're going to do this thing. You know, yeah, it's like a foregone conclusion. Yeah, almost. so it is, it's, it's one of those weird paradoxes of having felt like you've been leading towards it for however long, maybe your whole life, um, mm-hmm. but also being not qualified, ready in, in so many other ways. Yeah. It's exactly so, right. So, yeah, so are we, do we want to talk about, Tell talk a little bit about, because you've talked about it, but not really, talk a little bit about what that not the circumstances necessarily that led you to leading you know to to get to the decision to make your leap but what the freaking out felt like after um after that yeah, I mean it's kind of the same thing. There was like at the beginning
1: of this. So what it looked like was I, you know, I, I quit my job in January on January 27th in 2014. I was I was in New York and there was a triggering event for me and there was no plan, but there was also a clear indication that I could no longer do what I had been doing. And oh. so Um, What it looked like at first was the same thing that you're describing, which was there was so much around it. First of all, the you're leaving or you're doing this, you're really doing this and the the attention that came from this. And then there was also um, just a period of excitement and also like this sense of security that I had a long enough leash to kind of figure out how stuff was going to go and to figure out what I was going to do. And to be clear, I was at first putting a list together of different companies I was gonna work at. I was thinking lateral. I was thinking
0: lateral. Yeah. And For then how long? Like how close up until when you actually decided to do hip sobriety were you um making were you gonna like how
1: close was that decision okay so this is what happened so and I've talked about it before so I'll be quick about it but like the Philip Seymour Hoffman died I put the post up I came out on Facebook I came you know i had been writing my secret blog I'd been plotting this and planning this but I was still looking I I had a list of companies I was interested in. I was talking to people that I knew I mean I was pretty well networked so I was talking to people in the space about what I could possibly do and um, but at the same time having no idea what I was going to do and then I come out on LinkedIn and I come out on Facebook and every single person I know knows this extent of what I'd been struggling with and I just, I, I literally, um, because it was not the cleanest exit, because I kind of was, it was very reactionary um, and I wasn't, you know, I, I kept on not I wasn't sure what to put in my goodbye email you know and um, <laughs> so <Bye>. uh, <laughs> but it was important to me because I had been one of the earlier members of this company and I had a really big yeah. team and it didn't make sense and so I'd been kind of like and then and then this Philip Seymour Hoffman thing happens I come out and then my friend Jane Sarasan Khan calls me and she's somebody I've talked about a lot she's a healthcare economist and she was yeah. like well honey you know this is what you're gonna going to do. And then she tweeted about it. And then I just sent a text to the um, CEO of the company. And I said, oh, I think this is what I'm going to do. Like, this is what, you know, I'm going to say, I'm going to say I'm going to start this thing. And my last email, my um, Megan, who now works for me, who worked for me at, at the last company I worked at, but now works for me at Hip Sobriety, one of my employees there, now my right-hand woman here, um, she sent me the 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 email that I wrote that said goodbye and it was like this it was like this Joan of Arc moment of like I was born to do this I'm leaving like I worked at a healthcare company I was like oh yeah I sent it to you yeah and it was like we have done so much here but my mission now is to fix the underserved addiction space and I was writing this you know like Anyway, like tongue in cheek. And then everyone's like, that's so great, you know? And and then I was Wait,
0: you were kidding?
1: I was, I mean, I was dreaming. I was fucking dreaming. I was dreaming. I was kidding. That's I was awesome. like, I'm going to do this too. You know, I was listening to Alicia Keys on, I was listening to these two songs. These were the two <laughs> songs that will inform you of my state of mind. I was listening to Alicia Keys, Brand New Me, and I oh, was just God. like, don't underestimate me. And then I was listening to Frank Sinatra, My Way. Um, oh, and my like, God. I know, and I was just in this period of like, I'm going to fucking do it. And um, maybe, I don't know. But it fal- I mean, I was like, you know, I, I was yeah. also, on the other hand, you know, staying up till midnight reading tarot cards with my girlfriends and drinking coffee and eating cookies in bed in the morning. And like, you know, there was just this like huge disparity between what my life actually looked like and what I thought I was going to do. Like I remember so clearly And like you know Kind of fast forward Like I, I just started doing I feel like Whenever And it's funny Like when I was doing These tarot card reads The thing that kind of Kept coming up Was the fool And like the fool Is like the one That's like just Naively marching into You know like With with like almost arrogance This marching into the abyss like Like saying I'm going to do This grand thing And he's an idiot You know And he's only doing it Because he's such an idiot He only has balls Because he's an idiot And so <laughs> <laughs> I'm like doing this thing, and like I started just going to dinner with my friend Jeff and like saying, Hey, I'm gonna, you know, rent my apartment out on Airbnb. Can I sleep on your couch? And then um, for a couple of months, and then I, you know, and I just started kind of like moving into it, but it was such a, um, what it looked like was, was not necessarily the most strategic thing in the world. I started talking yeah. to, like, I just had these happen, these things happen along the way. I talked to the right people. I, I feel I talked to the right people. But there was, you know, I was, I, I signed up for a yoga training. I booked a ticket to Rome. Um, and I still didn't believe that I was going to do this. If that makes any sense. I knew I was going to totally do it and is. I was working yeah. on it, but I didn't really believe I was going to do it. I was And I talked to investors and I was just pretending that I knew what I was doing if that I was just like yeah this is you (laughs) know totally makes sense yeah and I had no idea and there's this one memory I can't listen to the alarm I used I used a very specific alarm on my phone during that time and now when I hear it it reminds me of sloth it just reminds me of like what you're talking about which is structure kept me together and then I was thrown into this place where I was I had no accountability to anything and Jeff, my the guy that I was staying at one of my—he was somebody I worked with—and I was staying in one of his bedrooms. And um, I just remember this one morning I'd slept through my alarm, and it was like he was working from home that day. It was maybe 11 a.m., and I was so lazy. I was like in his spare bedroom, and he came in and he threw me. Um, he'd been to Hawaii, and he threw me a can of like Mauna Loa espresso flavored macadamia nuts and I was just sitting in bed eating the nuts for my (laughs) breakfast and this makes
0: me so happy oh god yeah
1: no it was just I was such a lose I mean I wasn't a loser but it was it was a time of feeling like such a loser and like these funny things would happen and like, as I was moving through this, like, because I didn't launch it so bright. I quit my job. I find that my last day was March 1st. And I went through a yoga training. And I went to Rome. I didn't actually, like, have any plan. I didn't have my first client until September of 2014. Yeah. And, I mean, I started putting my website up. I put my newsletter together. I just kind of started moving through all this stuff. And it wasn't like I wasn't thinking about this all the time. But I was so lost. And I went to this, yeah. like, work event where, with all my former colleagues, and where the CEO was talking. It was at a bank. I think. And I just remember I walked in and I looked like I was just, I had this like patchwork quilt, huge oversized bag. And I was wearing, I was super into wearing feather earrings at this time. And I was just like sparkly and like, you know, and I walked in and I before You're had been totally a director spirit, at this, com- I know, but well, that's it. I was, I had been a director at this company and I had been doing something important. And then all of a sudden I'm like walking, and I'm like, yeah, I'm in yoga training and I'm blogging. And, <laughs> god yeah so anyway it was just um what I'll say is that's what you asked what it looked like and what it looked like was it looked like it looked like uh it looked like it looked like one of the women from girls I mean that's what it looked like I mean I just I had no direction I I had direction and I was moving forward but it felt like there was no direction it felt very sloppy it felt very Loser ish. It felt very lazy. It felt very, um, I don't know. I mean, it just, it, yeah. it felt weird. Like
0: everything, probably. Yeah. Everything all the time. Like you're speedy and you're lazy. Yeah. And yeah. you're, <clears throat> I mean, I'm just, as you're saying this, I mean, a lot of times, and it could be, it could have been totally foolish, but a lot of times, like this foolishness, this great foolishness also looks like, you know, it looks exactly the same as great bravery. I, I honestly think <laughs> that sometimes it's just like how we hold it in our own minds. Um, because it could, it could have been really stupid and there, you know, there are many times you just, it's just, I don't know what that little, it doesn't look that different. You know, those two things don't look that different. Yeah. And there is, I do want to say
1: one thing just to like not downplay it because there was another part of this that was huge, which was I had conviction I might yes. have been, I might have been a total slob. I might have not showered. I, you know, I was. It was when I was having a lot of sex with that other guy that we that I, I blogged a lot during the time. It was. You know, it might have looked like a mess, but at the same time, if I were to be talking to you about it during that time, I was talking to you about what I was gonna do, and I was talking oh, to you about totally. like. Not you, but I'm just saying, like the person in general. And there was there was conviction behind it. And I was talking to one of my girlfriends about this the other night because I was telling her because I never really tell people like what my ultimate plan is and what my ultimate goal is, um, yeah. you know. And I I know the healthcare space really well, and I have an I you know I have I have um, intelligent ideas about what I want to do, and I never really talk about it. I was talking to one of my girlfriends at dinner the other night and telling her about it because a lot of times some people are like, oh, that's a cute blog, you know, and I was telling her, <laughs> yeah. we were talking about eating disorders, and we started getting on this, and I just kind of like, I, I said, this is what I want to do, and I went off, and then I said, I know, it, it sometimes I feel like I'm playing dress up when I say stuff like that. Sometimes I feel like mm-hmm. this little girl who is like cute and just saying like, oh, I'm going to change the world or whatever, you know, like whatever high aspirations, and I said, I know it sounds, I, I feel so like silly saying that I feel like the shoes are too big and she said but that's how things like really magical happen right because that is how things really magical happen is when we are stupid enough to really believe that we can do crazy great big things is when we dream really big and then we actually have the faith in ourselves to back that up even when it doesn't look like you know
0: Totally. Well, it's all based on. I mean, and it's it's what I mean. It's not. It's not. You know. It's not stupid. It's only stupid because we live in this world of measurement and like construct and all these things Mm. that we're supposed to have paths. But it's really pretty pretty brilliant. I mean, I remember when you when we first met. I think one of our first email exchanges. You said, "I'm going big with this thing." I didn't really know what that thing meant. Yeah. But. I'm going big with this thing um and I just believed you I didn't you know because and not not because I hadn't heard that a thousand times before from a thousand different other people about a thousand different other things but you can tell when somebody has conviction about about whatever it is you know yeah and uh and and that's that is the difference I don't know i I absolutely know what you mean I mean I think it's just Hilarious and so important for you to say, too, that it looked really ridiculous and, you know, at times. And I mean, think about how we started this podcast. I was laughing the other day about someone asked me if they could post one of our pictures of me with the ice cream cone in my daughter's like closet. Yeah. Um, I'm like, sure. I mean, it's not that different from what it looks like right this second when we're recording. Yeah, I know. know. (laughs) It's not. Well, I am sitting at a new kitchen table. I've basically Not just moved floor. to my own <laughs> little desk in my room, but I have no brawn. I'm in my pajamas. Oh, I, I don't have probably, a brawn either. <gasps> oh, yay! I will probably <laughs> eat ice cream later. Yeah, and you know, but yet everything is different. Everything is different from you know, I, um, nine months ago when we started this. Yeah, so. yeah. So,
1: um, <laughs> I want to talk about like um, what is so so what is freaking out? Like to get back to the point of it yeah I kind of want to I want to just kind of go back over what I just said and just talk about what the freaking out looked like and then I really want yeah. you to get into what your freaking out has looked like in the last couple of weeks because this is one of the important parts of this is, is is that I've been through this and I know this game I know this and the mm-hmm. conversation came up because I was like oh you know you're gonna have this and so um for me during this time during this time between today and this time being like you know in January 2014 almost two years now over two years now um, what freaking out looked like for me happened in those periods of time where the money started to run out and yeah. um, and also long before the money started to run out. But when I started to look at the money running out, when it didn't really feel like I had much of a plan and when it, was, yeah. it became, oh my God, what the fuck am I doing? And so my freakouts, there were, I would say all of 2014 was one long big freak out on some level. But the specific freak outs that I'm talking about, what it felt like for me was again waking up every day and not having like not having that structure and and also mm-hmm. being account being being the one that was accountable and responsible burning through my retirement you know I burned mm-hmm. through my retirement and then also I you know racked up a significant amount of credit card debt doing this and I cashed out all, right. all of my stock options from the previous company I'd been at and I went through my you know what I mean I burned through so much cash and there was this yeah. like feeling of pressure between what am I fucking doing with my time why am I not seeing something from this and also the gravity of what it, I wanted to do because what I wanted to do felt impossible on a very big level and so mm-hmm. when my when I would have the severe freakouts about it it would just be it would look like absolute falling down on the floor and saying I couldn't do it it was like I love the Bhagavad Gita for a reason and it's because Arjuna conti- you know like Arjuna basically goes and he lies down in the middle of the battlefield and he's like I cannot do this thing I've been tasked with I cannot not yep. and that was me so many times during that time i still have them not as bad but what when i would have those moments it would be literally It would go on for sometimes four or five days. It looked like depression, but it was distinctly different because it wasn't depression. It was like, how can you ask me to do this? Like, how can I, how am I supposed to do this? This is impossible. I cannot. I cannot even, like, figure out how to take a shower every day. How am I supposed to do this work? And a lot of times it would be very cold. It would be very empty. um, Mm -hmm. No amount of conciliation from any human that I talked to to no no you're gonna do this no whatever was um was was would get through or was helpful it was emptiness it was cold fear it was paralyzation um and it was many many conversations of of me and god basically saying you you have asked for too much i cannot do this um wrong girl wrong girl You've got the wrong fucking girl and yeah. go on, find the right one. Um, and so, yeah, so that's what it felt like. And there were just there were there were pockets of time where it really felt like that. And um, there was it was that a feeling that kind of never went away. Like I bounced a fifteen thousand dollar check once. I can't even begin to tell you about that time, you know, and <sighs> like fifteen thousand dollar check. I misaccounted for. I, I thought I had in my heart four months. I thought I had four months. Four months is what I thought I had. And all of a sudden I was sitting and I couldn't pay for a pedicure. And I was just like, oh my, you know. And so it was so impossible. And, and yet at the same time, I made it. I made it to at least, you know, the next, I, I at least, you know, made it to the the next rock. You know, like I made it yep, to, to yep. One, the, you know, maybe the first or the second rock, but I made it to a rock. Um, and I have a lot more. And I think like one last thing I'll say about feeling, you know, feeling that way about it was that, Feeling that way was, is actually in retrospect so amazing because if, because it just instills like this, 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 this sense of like, um, this sense of I can do anything, you know, right. like right. I'm guided, supported, I'm led, I'm held, I've, I can do anything if I can do this shit um so yeah so that's what it felt like it felt like the end of the world it felt like the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life it felt like the the worst depression the like the loneliest place the most terrifying thing the hardest 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 thing I've ever done I would say it's it was harder than sobriety wow yeah wow oh just you wait I mean you know because you've already because you've already because then on top of it Like you just said, you have the foundation. Sobriety is a foundation on this stuff. But when you start, like, you know, like when you start adding on the pressure of what, you you know, like you and I both have, we're not very, we're not terrible at putting pressure on ourselves. We're pretty good at it and thinking we should be, you know, what we should be, the ideas we have of what we should be. And you take that and you put that on top of all the other things. You know, the sobriety is its own thing. It's a foundation. It's still there, right? It's still there. You're just adding on top of this stuff, um, a lot of expectation and a lot of work. And it's, it was the, yeah, it was for sure the hardest thing because at the same time I, I was just thinking what you're thinking, which is holy shit, this is too soon and I'm not strong enough yet. And where's, you know, where's the break? Where's the release valve? Where, where can I check out for a year and then come back?
0: Yeah. And then, oh, you did it. Yeah. You did an amazing job explaining that. I've never heard you say it all quite like that. Like I've been there for the, I've been there for half of 2014 all of last year and I've like been witness to it but I don't um you know it's like anything else I don't think I have really touched it until just recently like truly touched it you know because you just don't know you haven't been there
1: yeah you got I mean how many times did you used to get text messages from me think about this think about now compared to then how many times did you get text messages from me right yeah
0: yeah, no, it's totally different. I mean, like, it's completely I can't, different.
1: I need words. Please tell me I can do this. This the amount of yeah. self-doubt and and the amount of
0: like who the fuck am I kidding? was um Right. And it's so hard because the other like you like you said about no amount of, you know, words from other people is huge because that you know, that is where I think the real like burn and um, Sort of alchemy takes place is when there are no, there is nobody else, you know, be to, that can do it for you and that can live through it for you. It's like between you and God. Yeah. You know, and there's there's no. There's nothing. There's nothing else. There's no nothing anyone else can say or do, um, for you to bring you through it. And that's such an amazing place. I, I've been there, not in this. It's fucking awful and terrifying. It's the most painful thing, but it is so... I I mean, I've been through it with other things. I've been through it with motherhood, you know? I mean, you describing what you just described is how motherhood
1: feels
0: and felt. um, Felt, especially in the beginning with a new baby um, and making that transition and how it feels a lot still. Yeah. You know, that that same groundlessness that same sort of just complete dislocation and um, also the end of the line being with you yes yes exactly exactly and being you know I feel like there, my motherhood experience is also chopped into two parts and this is sort of what we want to get to as well is the pre-sobriety and the post-sobriety right yeah and so and being fully present for it as a so being present as a, as a sober mom is a whole different you know it's a whole different thing too yeah um, but you explained it like super well and and it's it, you're so right it's different it's far different than it used to be with you uh, in terms of just the the growth there you know not that you still don't go through days and phases and hours, but it's like it's a different place.
1: It's a different place. It's not as deep. It's not yeah. as, and it's not as, um, it's not as deep. It's not as unknown. I know the territory now. I really know the territory yeah, I mean, now. Yeah, you've,
0: you've had some really good success. You've failed a bunch. You've had, yeah. you know, things that work. You've just been doing it, you know, you've yeah. been doing it. Yeah, I had workshops <sighs> once, and like I would, I, I
1: was trying to put on these workshops in San Francisco, these live things, and like no one would come. And mm, I, was I would just about that, yeah, I was running yesterday, yeah, yeah. And I took a picture of it once because I was just like, um, because Zoe Wilde had told me this really beautiful story about one of yeah. her teachers who was a, um, I don't remember, some some sort of spiritual teacher or something. And she was guided to hold these workshops, and nobody kept coming. And then one day she was just like, I can't do this. And then, you know, like she um, heard this voice, you know, which was, you know, her God, and she, which said, do it, you know, don't do it for you. Do it for me. And mm-hmm. I was alone in this workshop one night when I was working with Zoe and just kept on going and doing this fucking workshop and like trying to put it on nobody would come one person would come and I took a picture of um of it and I was like of the empty room and then um I sent it to Zoe and she pointed out that there was a beam of light coming directly down and it looked like there was a being in the space and it's true I'll show you the picture but um no
0: I I'm not interrupting you, even though I know the punchline to this, because I, I thought of this exact same story when I was running yesterday. It was like an epiphany moment for me, remembering what? you in that room, remembering yeah. you in that room and telling me this story. God. No,
1: I mean, but that is the punchline, which was don't you see you're not alone. Don't you see that, you know, and um, yeah. So let's, yeah. let's jump to your story. So, okay, so we know now what it looked like and what it, what it felt like for me um, in this groundlessness place. And like I said, the biggest groundlessness I found, you know, sobriety, of course, was its own set of groundlessness, but the I think the most acute way, and also the way I experienced it in its full vibrance was that, you know, because I didn't have pot, um, yeah. was in this period of time where I quit my job and I, went, I moved to start hip sobriety and really just this you know, good year long period. So from, you know, we know kind of what it, what this looked like for me. I'm, I, you know, this is me retrospecting it. i I'd love to hear you talk about what it feels like right now. Your last day is April 29th. You've been working yeah. towards this. You were waiting for a signal. Signal happened. Very clear signal came. Um, how, and, and you've, you've been having some interesting experiences in the last couple of weeks. You've been freaking out. So talk about
0: what it feels like for you right now. Yeah. This minute. (laughs) Yeah. I, so I gave notice, uh, I think it was March 28th. So it was like three weeks ago. And like I said, there was a little, a lot of excitement and adrenaline and sort of momentum around that, that final decision. I mean, I was as afraid as I've ever been in a really acute fear sort of way, like a specific fear. Like I had talked about on one of our, our recent episodes, like I, you know, dreamt that the banks weren't working and I dreamt that I was homeless and I was put on trial because I drank. I mean, every, every single fear, my subconscious came, you know, in my dreams and I didn't sleep for four days. So that was like a, a raw fear. But then, you know, I gave my notice and it was like this relief and, you know, lots of energy around that, lots of encouragement. And then it got quiet and the dust settled and what it's felt like for me is a few things. One, I can't – I mean, it's it's classic anxiety, I guess, but I cannot – I it's like I am completely erased. Like Glennon has this post about when she experiences anxiety and then depression, it's like your brain being erased, like your whole being being erased, and that's how it feels. Like I don't know anything – that i i don't remember anything that i've learned all of my wisdom that i have you know had all my courage all my all the things i write about <laughs> are don't hit hit i can't access them it's like they're it's like a it's in swahili or something you know or i read it and i just roll my eyes like that is such crap like What is that? You know, it's like a complete detachment from my connection to those things and my connection to spirit and God and my connection to other people, my connection to my daughter, my connection to my identity is just gone. Yeah. And so it's so that's a piece of it. And then there's just a high revving anxiety that just feels um. Like, because my life still needs me, you know, I haven't left yet. So I'm like this body going to a job still doing the routine, um, but very not present. You know, like I literally have people talk to me at work and I have to ask them to repeat themselves because I will black out while they're talking because my mind is in 15 other places. Um, you know, like before it was a very focused, I'm either doing this thing where I'm at work or I'm, my mind is on this other thing, writing, doing this podcast, whatever. But it was still always a focus. It was just like a shifting focus, you know, like we're in camera one. Now we're in camera two. Now we're in camera three. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's just like, we are blurred. Everything's fucking blurred. I don't know where I am and I'm totally disconnected. And, you know, and then I still have, like, I still have my daughter. I still have to do her routine. And, you know, we've been late, like, 16 times in the past month, because I just am everywhere. I can't... um, get my shit together it feels very much like when I was drinking and I said that to you
1: can I say fe- though really quick it's I love that you're saying you feel like you can't get your shit together I think that's such an interesting point to make because this is the thing that I was talking about but guess what it came together right do know. you understand like do you get that like that it's there's such a A there's such a like a huge space between what we actually think and what we actually feel and what's actually going on. So you feel like you can't get your shit together. I look at you and I'm like, How the fuck? How the fuck? (laughs) She's got a daughter, she's got an ex husband, she's dating or at least, you know, doing stuff with men. She does the podcast. She's a what is your title again? Are you like a vice president? (laughs) <laughs> what are you? Vice president? Yes. Yeah. Vice your, your vice president, what is your what's your full title? Vice president of what? Vice president of marketing. Vice president of marketing. Um you somehow managed to always be on Facebook, you somehow manage to always be on Instagram, Um, you respond to emails, you run workshops, um, you write on your own blog, now you're writing on HuffPo, Um, what else, what else, Stop it. no, but do you get this insanity, I don't,
0: but this is the thing, Holly, like, no, that's what I'm
1: saying,
0: right, I know, I know that's what you're saying, it's like the, the insides and outsides are so, (laughs) not integrated, (laughs) you know, they're so, so, And that's why, I mean, as I'm I'm so glad we're talking about this, because as I'm talking about it, I understand what's happening. Like, my insides are freaking fucking out. Like, just mania, anxiety, depression, all at the same time. I can't, my body physically hurts everywhere. Yeah. I sleep like I'm a dead person, and then I wake up and I feel like I haven't slept at all. Yep. I, I am driving and I will black out for an entire drive, you know, but I'm still doing all these things. Like, like you said, I'm doing all this stuff. And it's just that the outside is so far away from what's happening on the inside, just like it was when I was drinking. Like people have always said to me, you're so calm. You're so calm. You have such a strong presence. And I would feel almost like, scared of the fact that they were saying that and the way that my insides felt how different it was you know how different it's always felt how how anxious I can be how but at the same time also feeling really strong like you said like you you still do have this conviction and you still do have this strength it's just both things at the same time you know you're not we're, we're so many things at the same time and this at in this particular phase my you know I I it's hilarious it's it's hilarious that we can do that I can do all this stuff and still feel like I am I don't know what is happening but I had I had another point with it
1: too I really hadn't and, and you're exactly right I mean you caught the point that I was saying but I think another point that that I don't want it to be lost which is that a lot of times it's not even that it's the disintegration. It's a matter of a lot of times we can't actually see it. Do you know Mm. what I mean? Like I just wrote that list of 103 things that I've done in three years of sobriety. And as I was writing it and then reading it after the fact, I was like, you know, that's so much stuff. And it is. It was so much stuff. It was more stuff than I'd done in, you know, all of the other years. Um, But the thing that I was trying to point out is that it's like we can't, it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's not, it's like a human thing. It's, it's a human yeah. thing to never actually be able to, we feel down here, like it's just not happening. It's just not, it's not coming together. We don't feel the way we should feel. It doesn't look the way it should look, but actually what's happening in the grand scheme of things, it's like a, it's like a, one of those, it's like the economy, you know, and like the rise, like it's up and down and up and down and up and down. But you know, like For inflation, maybe not. But it trends. But it trends up. And it's but we can't see that because down here it just doesn't feel like we think and I want to say like it's because it doesn't look like and it doesn't feel like what we think it should look like and it feel like and I think it maybe should look like a fucking mess. I think like maybe, and this is where we, we'll talk about this later on, the things we've taken away, but I think like maybe it's not just a matter of doing it better or pulling it together or integrating the inside with the out. I think maybe it's a reconditioning of thinking, maybe it doesn't have to look perfect or
0: feel perfect. Maybe it can be a mess, right? Yeah, I know. I know. I Yes, you're so right. You're so right. And that's the, the, that's. The, the thing I forget, and this is what I realized on my run, is that when it is in that place, it is really painful and there is no way out. Yeah. It's just through, you know. Yes. It And I can, again, the most – and it, it, you forget that, though. Every single time you forget that. Every single time – I've been in this place before. Not this exact circumstances, but I've lost my identity several times. Yeah. Yeah specifically with being a becoming a mother that shifted my identity with not with being married and then not being married and going through that separation and divorce same process and getting sober same process but it feels like the first time again and that's like I that you when you said to me the other day you you said basically this and I was so like what the fuck (laughs) you know like our egos try so hard like I was trying so hard to it's this it's like you you try to work through it you know you try to it's just a struggle well you fight against it you don't want it
1: fight against it it. you want it you want out of it you want to fix it immediately you want to find the
0: magic key you want to you know basically like it's hard to be a fucking mess and just let and just be a mess it's hard It is. It's hard. In our world, as as a human being, it's, it's, it's not how we're built, like you said. And it's also hard when my world actually does need me, you know, like the people in my life, specifically my daughter, she needs me to not be off the wall, you know? And so there's this, there's real things that are calling me back, you know?
1: Yeah. And... But it's also not how we're conditioned. And I think that's a bigger part of it, which is like, it's this, we have this idea in society that we're machines, right? We have this idea we should be able to, and there is something to be said about habit and ritual. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that as like in general, we do believe that all human beings should be on some level a machine. We should have, you know, be able to work 40 hour weeks to 50 to 60, however many people work, raise a family, have a house, not have credit card debt go to the gym, eat, you know, we the expectations that we put on what we should be indicates that we're really machines, right? And so for me it was a matter of like the the hardest part for me was and and I the sleep thing that you said? Oh my God! Right, like when you like sleep, where you, you pass sleep forever, out. and then yes, yeah. I slept my first time. I was so used to like six to five hours to four hours of sleep, and I would brag mm-hmm. about it. And then when I was in Italy, I left. I left for Italy in, in April of 2015, and I went to. I went over. You know, and the, I got there. I, I I didn't sleep on the plane like I always do. I had a full day right when I got there. I went to bed. I got on the 5 a.m. train. I went to Florence. I hung out with friends all day. And And the next day, I had my alarm set for 5 a.m. and I slept through it and I woke up at noon. And then I, and I wrote a piece on this called something like The Genius of Lays. Oh, God, that was, I don't know if you've ever read it, but you should totally read it because I wrote it at the height of this. But I slept through and I woke up at noon and like the peep, I woke up because the people at the Airbnb were like, you're supposed to be out of our house. And then from there, every day I would set my alarm and the same thing would happen. I would sleep through it by hours. And then my, roommate like called me lazy my roommate and my family got on skype and they were like fighting with him they were just like gabrielle she's not lazy she's the most productive person we know and i was like thank you for backing me up but i wasn't i was like during this time and there was this there was this like this this Thing about being about not being able to step u- step up and do the things that we think define yeah. us and make us good humans. And for me, for years, yeah. the thing that had defined me and made me a good human was I was highly productive. And then that went out the yeah. window, and I was sleeping, and I felt like I could sleep forever, and I didn't know where to start. And I was reading, you know, the startup owners manual, and like oh, just shit. oh my god, don't ever read <laughs> that the, had to
0: be the worst. Don't ever read ever. the
1: startup owners manual, but like you know, it was it was just but it was such a mess but you the the honest to god truth is I needed it to be a mess for the stuff to come out that had that came out and for me to have the room to make all the mistakes and to do the trial and error and to kind of go through that period I had to be a total mess which was perfect but the only thing that made it not perfect was I hated
0: it and I hated myself for not being perfect I know right yeah Right. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's hard because there's the, there's the, yes, we can say, you know, rest, just rest, stop, rest, take a break. But the reality, the other side is that I want to wake up and I have these, I feel possessed a lot of the time. Like we talked about this. I feel possessed to, to write things and do things and connect and produce and all of those things, I I also feel, you know, it's 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 like those two juxtap- juxtap- juxtapose- juxtaposed things are a daily sort of wrestle Ugh. internally.
1: Oh girl, I know. Oh my god, I know. I know that is like the best way to put it, right? That is the best way yeah. to put it, which is that we should have this, like we should be able to just rest, right? Like we, there is this, like there is this space that we need to create and like to, to kind of relax into. But at the same time, you are you're a woman possessed, and you have something really important to do and something important to share, and you know it, and it won't let you sleep, and it calls to it won't you, leave you alone. It won't leave you alone. It just won't. And it's so funny because I was going to ask you, do you remember the first, like one of our first, our first conversation happened in August 2014? Because I know because yeah. I was on a mega bus on my way Way to LA to see my sister after yoga <laughs> training. It was also incidentally just two days before I bounced the $15,000 check. Um, mm-hmm. and so, but you shortly after that, I was back in Fresno at my mom's house living with my mom and, um, you, you had been writing and you sent me your, was it a Tumblr account? What was, what, what was it? It wasn't a Tumblr yeah. account. Was it a I, Tumblr no, account? it was
0: just a, it was my blog, but it was it was a post that I I took down because I was too afraid to have it up because it right. was like on a – yeah, it was on an old Tumblr site that nobody knew was there because right. it was all about my drinking.
1: Right. But you – so the reason I'm asking you this is because – Okay, at that point in time, I'd started blogging about it, and that was when I started getting this other thing, which is a lot of people doing the same thing. Like, not the same thing, but a lot Mm -hmm. of people that were blogging about it, like saying, will you read my blog? You know, should I do this? And um, I'd gotten a lot at that point, and I, um, you know, and I don't know. I mean, I had an arrogance about me at that time, which was like, is this person serious or is this person not serious? You know, because to me, it was so serious. It was so serious. And then you, (laughs) you sent me... That, and I was just expecting, I was expecting it to be really bad writing. I don't know why, because yeah. i you know. No, I, yeah. And so I just, like, you sent it to me, and I was like, oh this is good right and so at that time when I look back on that I just you know it was like and I told you to post it or or that you had to put it out there I was like you have to put this out there I just am curious when you were writing that did you have any idea that this was what you wanted to do like was this did you know that you wanted to be a voice in sobriety or was that something that just started to kind of unfold what was the purpose of that writing then
0: Um, I know, I know, I knew I wanted to be a voice of some kind and I knew I wanted to write. I have always, I wouldn't admit it, but I always have wanted to write. I always have written. I had no idea I wanted to be a voice about sobriety. Yeah, that I would have never fucking guessed that ever. But you had, but, but at the same time,
1: you'd also created clear eyes, full heart. You'd already created a, you'd been creating
0: secret sober things. So what was your point with that? Well, right. So, so, you know, it starts with one. I I first started doing that because it, I, I felt some, I felt like by telling little pieces of truth, I was saving my life. Like I really Mm, did. Yeah. I I realized that if I didn't start, if I didn't do this. It was like a possession thing. You know what I mean? You just you're like driven to do this thing. And I saw other people like Glennon doing that. And yeah. I tried it and I felt a little piece of me like get lighter. yeah. And then I realized it was saving me. Like it was truly saving me. And then I started to be able to incorporate, you know, like Instagram was like a little writing machine for me. It was like mm-hmm. I could do these quick things where I get to, like, exercise this part of me that's always been in me, which is the writing, with this new thing that I had so much to say about because it was fucking confounding and amazing and insane and so hard. So those two worlds came together, you know, and I don't know that I knew exactly what I was doing. I just had a thing that I wanted to write about. So it would, you know, for, for, for many reasons. Um, but not really, I didn't have like, I'm going to be this person, this voice I'm going to talk, cause I didn't come out, out about it for another year or something, but yeah. I knew that I wanted to tell, I knew that I wanted to tell the truth about my life. I knew that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I didn't know, you know, I thought, I thought what I wanted to tell the truth about was my marriage and my divorce and my behavior and my marriage and the, my struggle with that. I thought you know, similar to like how Liz Gilbert did in Eat, Pray, Love, I wanted to be able to tell my story like that. Yeah. Because when I read that story, that was me. That was my story. And I wanted to be able to tell a story like that. But it turned out that that thing that my like my way in to doing that was about sobriety.
1: Yeah. <sighs> OK, so. so where are we? We're with OK, we haven't this even gotten so to it. Is fun. fun. Um, OK, so the next is like, how do we deal with it? And then what our biggest three takeaways are. And we're talking, again, about freaking out. Like, we we want to do an yeah. episode on, like, how we both kind of, like, made the leap from, you know. Yeah. Like, we do want to talk about leaping because I think that that's, that's something that's come up recently um, with you quitting yeah. your job. Um, but I do think we want to talk about how we deal with severe freakouts when we – or severe groundlessness, which and, – yeah. and then also um, what our biggest three takeaways are from it. Okay. So – what how do you deal with how do you deal with your (laughs) with your freaking out um honestly I I can't remember how I did it when it was in those severe stages I'm trying to think I the way that I, I know the way I did deal with it a lot of times was um I would just throw in the towel um for the day Meaning I would just – I would say this is – nothing good is going to come of this, and I'm just going to, like, let this happen. So I might have stayed in bed for a day, or I remember clearly going over to my friend – my friend Tarek saved my life. I would just make him go on walks with me, um, and um, I'd go and stare at people. I'd go and sit in churches. Um, You'd go stare at people? I'd go watch the normal people. I lived in, you know (laughs) – <laughs> yeah That's awesome. yeah yeah <laughs> well because I felt so outside of society and I felt so <laughs> yeah. outside of um I was like you know I mean like let's think about this I'm first of all there's the whole sober distinction you know that that kind of counts you into a different you know subculture then yeah. there's the I'm starting my own business and I'm you know not wearing bras or deodorant or showering or <laughs> <laughs> you know, eating anything but Chipotle. Then there's, then there's, you know, so that you you know, different subculture. And then there's that I'm working in my apartment all day every day because this is before I had office space. Um, oh, office space by the way, lifesaver. Um. But this is before I was working outside of my home, so there was this isolation piece of it, subculture. Um, then there was this um, not having a normal paycheck um, and couch surfing. And then there was um, also oh yeah, and my my mission, my business, my my business mission is to um, is to talk about you, you know my like my deepest darkest stuff. So I'm a confessionalist, and everyone knows about me. And then also well, and I want to like, change together, sobriety, right? right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I want to be together
0: when you fit, yeah,
1: right. And so there was this, like, um, I felt like like the um, the only woman in the world in some yeah. in, in some great ways and very outside of society, and and I didn't always feel that way. I mean, when I was around my friends or when I was in, I mean, it was. I'm not saying that, but I just felt very, like all I talked about was sobriety and addiction, and, and that know. was, you know, and it makes like people very heart. uncomfortable and all sorts of stuff. So I felt like a lot of times during this period, like I was um, the only woman in the world, and. I wanted to be normal. I mean, believe me. Like there were so many times where I just wished I had a, you know, I worked at a co- at a coffee shop or you know, did something that was just um, easier. Um, anyway, so I would go and look at people just because I wanted to remember that like people that normal life was still going on. If that. If that resonates at all. I wanted to make I wanted to it see does. people living life and um and watch them because I felt like I was not doing that. Um my life is very different. And so, yeah, so but I think the main way that I used to deal with it was I would just check out and I would just stop and I would stop thinking about it for periods of time and I would I would sleep in and I'd go and you know and I would escape in Netflix or books or something. But um yeah. the way that I deal with it now is um there's 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 a couple of ways, but the main thing is um oh and, and surrendering, always surrendering it up and just saying, if you want me to do this, help me out, right? Like you, you gave me this, like send me yeah. the tools. And so yeah. um the way that I deal with it now is first of all I do the same thing, which is I let it ride out, but I also uh I also I'm trying I'm gonna try and put this into words. Um, I also feel, oh, God, this is so hard to say, but I feel like because of my beliefs and my, um, like, you know, my connection, and, I, like, I believe in multiple lives, and I believe that this, that this is why on some level, this is why, not on some level, I'm not going to try and, you know, make this sound appealing or um, soften the blow. I feel like I'm here to do this work. I feel like I'm yeah. absolutely fucking here to do this work. And so, for instance, when I do something like last night, I put myself on, you know, for two hours on a live stream and I talk about addiction and, um, and and do all this really scary stuff. Instead of going, oh, my God, who am I? Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. I basically just say, well, you know, the worst thing that can happen is, you know, I. the worst thing that can happen is what? You know, what is the right, worst thing right, that can happen? Right. And there's really no worst thing that can, there's really no, there's really nothing. There's real, When I say yeah. what's the worst thing that can happen, um, if I try and I fail, there's really nothing. And I feel that way because I feel like, oh God, again, this is really hard to explain, but on some level, I just feel like I'm here in this life, in this body to do this work on some level. And I'm just going to keep on being guided and supported in a way that I am in the right ways. And then I'm going to follow the right yep. cues and that. And I care more about being out of this life and coming and knowing that I did everything that I could do to do what yeah. I thought I was supposed to do than I do about about not enjoying it, not having a man, not having, you know, not making enough money, not, you know, I care so much more and I go back I don't always it's not always omnipresent but when I get in those moments of like I can't do this what the fuck am I doing wrong girl I go back and I say what would I say to myself if I was past this life and I would say go all in and keep doing it keep putting yourself out there do not worry about unsubscribes do not worry about mean emails do not worry about not saying it the right way do not worry about one stupid broadcast do not worry about one podcast do not worry about one blog post do not worry about making your rent because this is so small in the scheme of things it all works out in the end I promise you that girl so just keep going and keep doing it that's what it that's how I get through it
0: yeah no and, and that's you did an awesome job explaining it and don't you think it's because you've gone all the way to the end of your fear that yeah you do that? well you know you've so like far, gone yeah. all the way to the end so you know, far so
1: far so far yeah but believe yeah. me there will be the, it's endless but yeah I, I know, would say what that I'm
0: saying is you've gone you've touched it you've touch OK, I'm still here. And so I'm just going to keep going. You bounce
1: and a $15,000 check and you live, then that's pretty cool. I, it, yeah. the, the craziest thing the thing that always like kind of reminds me of this is that I've almost run out of money so many times it was on a date in, in um, December my rent check bounced and I was on my date just I'd explained it to the guy I was with and then I was well, looking at my was... email and he saw over my shoulder and it was an email and it was titled rent check bounced and oh. um which was fun and I was okay I was just laughing I was like I'm gonna be okay I you know this yeah. you remember this I was like this is terrifying but I'm also I know I'm gonna be okay like I I knew I was going to be okay. There is this feeling, but you go to the end of that fear. Money is one of the scariest things and you yeah. go and you keep touching that fear and you survive and you keep doing it. Yeah. There is like a, there comes a point I think when you get that close to it, and you keep doing it. There comes something that's like, um, hyper, um, Oh God, it's like a, um, it's a, not hyper vigilance, but, um, hyper when, when people are hyper, like super calm and scary situations. What is that? Oh, called? Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, What is that called? Hyper rational. Hyper rational. Yeah. Yeah. I've I actually. That way. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. It's like I'm. I'm fucking awesome in a crisis. It's. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And so that's <laughs> but, what kind of the end of the
1: fear is. Is when it actually really all the like the worst fear is like thinking all the things are gonna happen. But then when all the things actually happen, when the man leaves that you thought would never leave when the, yep. um, when yep. the worst, when the worst email you could possibly get comes and the person says the thing that you like never wanted anybody to say when, when the, you know, the money runs out when, um, you know, mm-hmm. when, when you're forced to the end, actually that's the biggest, that's where the biggest release is. And that's actually when, when I find my jam, which is kind of at the, at the end of the spectrum. And so when you start, yeah. when you actually allow yourself to go and touch those things, you're right. It does. It's just, I've, yeah. Yeah. I
0: feel like that way about having been where I was with alcohol, when I can, when I can access that, because I I do, you know, I do easily forget it, you know, I can easily forget um, where I have been. And but when I think about it, you know, like that part is as under my skirt, as they say, I carry that around with me. I mean, I've almost died. Yeah. So many times, both of us. It's like okay, what the fuck is there to fear? But, you know, it's a it's a constant remembering of that because you don't operate that way with every every second. You know, we yeah. forget new situations and all that. Yeah. So I think you explained it awesome. How, and um, how do you deal with it? Um, how have you
1: dealt with it in the last couple of weeks? What What have you yeah, done? Yeah, I
0: mean, the way I've dealt with it in the past couple of weeks is not really – I'll say the way – over the, the course of my – you know, the last 10 years and the way I've dealt with, and this is pretty brief, but as you're talking, I kind of figured it out for myself too. Uh, And it's very similar. Like there's that piece of going all the way to the end of the fear. And what I find there, what I find there is my connection to God, spirit, whatever, my wisest self, I call it God. And it takes a lot of resistance and fighting and pain and struggle to get to that place but it's like when pema says when you just let it all fall apart there is a great clearing in that and that's where i got it it happened to me yesterday finally after however you know a few weeks i went running and that's another thing i do is i move my body i've learned that that is like my number one way to <clears throat> to work through things is to move my body um I, it's, there's a clearing, it's like, all the, the fears, like you touch all the way down. And it's just, I remember, this is between me and God, like, this is just me and God. I don't know how to explain it either. Um, but it it's somehow I have, I, every time I've gone through this, I have to go through that again, I have to go through all the freaking out and all the pain and all the like maneuvering and all the wrestling with myself and all the forgetting to get to that place. Um, and I, you know, another way I deal with it is I just like you, I throw the fucking book at it. I do all the tools that I know. Cause you never know what's going to work. You never know what's going to stick. You know, I, I learned to like, I, I start telling the truth to people. I talk about it a lot. My instinct, I know I'm getting really fucked up when I stop talking to people about what's going on with me. Um, so I do that, you know, I I realize that and I and I do that. But yeah, I can I don't know that there's any one way that I can or you know, few ways that I can say that I deal. It sort of just looks like this insane, insane, messy, 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 messy process until I um <clears throat> pull out that last string or whatever pulls out that last string and I let it all fall apart. And then it clears. Um yeah I don't know how to better say it than that are you there I'm here
1: I'm letting you talk that's just that's just just the sound of me um, (laughs) being patient
0: I don't know how that was a terrible explanation. I kind of want to start it over, but I don't know how no, to No, I don't think it was I
1: terrible. Killed, no, I don't think it was terrible at all. And I think like the beauty of it is you're actually talking about it in real time. And I'm talking yeah. about it like with this wise 2020 perspective. You know, hindsight is very easy to talk about, being in yeah. it is very different. And so I think that's helpful to people that are listening that, you know, like to hear what it's like in real time and also to hear what it feels like, you know, when you're not in it. Does that, you know, I think, that's yeah, important. totally.
0: And I'm doing that, you know, I mean, the, the, The thing, like I said, there is something that keeps me connected to sort of everyday life and routine, and it's my daughter. I mean, I I kind of focus on what's right in front of me with her, and that's something I resent when it's happening and I don't feel like it, and something that I adore and cherish when I, you know, also, always, at the same time. (laughs) Both of those things.
1: Um, So... One question, or not one question, but just to kind of put it, while you're still talking about it, um, what do you think right now? Like, what are your three biggest, like, being so close to being in, in like, in, you know, um, being so close Transition. to being in the major, and no, in a major freakout, what are your biggest, your yeah. three biggest takeaways? And um, I think, like, what you just said, I think, like, I would definitely say the first one, which is the bird-by-bird bird thing, which is the, just the mm-hmm. next step, just the thing right in front of me. Just,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'll give that one to you.
0: Yeah, no, I, the, absolutely. Bird by bird. Um, next thing in front of me. Next moment. Next pe- cup of coffee. Next shirt to be folded of laundry. Next, you know, make my bed. Next thing. Um, I have to say the letting it all fall apart thing is, is one thing I will take away. Um, with... I'm not saying it about this experience, because I don't know yet, but in my, you know, going through my divorce, going through my sobriety, and going through um, being a mother, I have, it's, letting it all fall apart is, like, the idea about what's going to happen if we do that is so fucking terrifying um, that we can't even imagine that it could possibly, that we couldn't do it. We could not let it all fall apart. I could not let... My marriage fall apart. I could not tell the truth about it. I could not stop drinking, um, but giving giving up the control, giving up the reins, is a is the biggest piece that I could say about you know a takeaway, and the hardest thing to do. Um, and then the third one is. <laughs> this has come from Rob Bell uh, recently, but. Saying like you've never done you before, you've never done this life before. And I realized, like, I'm you know, I'm, I treat myself like I should know how to do these things, I should know how to navigate, yeah. I should know how to do this day, I should know how to do this situation, I should know how to talk about it. Like, right now, I feel like I should know how to talk about this, but I just don't fucking know, I just don't know, I just don't know. <laughs> and giving ourselves like a major break for not you know not knowing how to do it it all
1: figured out
0: yeah it's and it sounds kind of trite but it's true I just don't know how I don't know how you know how to be a mother before I became a mother I still don't know how to be a mother you know I don't know I don't know the thing I'm going to say a minute from now I don't know what it's going to look like on the 30th of April you know it's um, and amazing. and
1: for at least a week. Yeah. I hope it's gonna be. I hope you're
0: gonna enjoy and celebrate just a little bit. <laughs> I know. What am I gonna do? I'm always bad at those peak experiences. You are too. Like I know. the day. You know, it's like. Uh, eh. I don't
1: know. Eh. I know. Well, my week leading up to unemployment was the best week of my life. I will say that. Was it? Yeah, because I had. Oh my god. Because we'd started a company. I had worked for five years. I, like I had worked for five years with my email on all the time almost every weekend and with yeah, this like well. fear of like you know this pressure to build 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 create and um, and all of a sudden just not being responsible I mean my staff was like a 20 like 12, I, I don't remember but like over 20 at that point and I just, like, not having to worry about that shit, and then not only that, yeah. not going directly into another job, I had, like, this, this, my girlfriend, Kate, came over, I think, like, almost every night that we go, I was at her house, and we just stayed up looking at magazines, and, like, there's, a, there was a post about it, and, like, I put, that I put up, and, um, there was just this, like, this freedom of, Oh like oh my god I don't I can do whatever the fuck I want you know I get yeah. to like be I get to I be I hope I feel that way. Yeah, fun employment.
0: I hope I feel that way. I really do. I hope that I at least have like a day where I where I feel that way. I I suspect I don't know. I don't know how it'll hit me. I I am as I'm approaching the you know like I'm traveling the rest of this week and it's next week that I'm done. I'm starting to feel little glimmers of freedom you know of the letting go when you see emails come through and you're like I actually don't have to deal with that I no- I don't have to deal with that it's not on me that <laughs> get this little you know hit of freedom um but I don't know I I hope I enjoy it too what do you what are, what are yours what are your three Wait what were your three then your three was bird by so bird So it was bird by bird um letting it all fall apart yeah and remembering, you don't, you know, this is this you is the first time you're doing yeah. you're doing you. It's yeah. the first time you're doing you.
1: Yes, and you're figuring it out as you go along. You don't have to have a major plan in your head. Um, yeah. how do I deal with big with the big freakout? Or my three takeaways. My your three takeaways, takeaways. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say the first is um, understanding what's happening is glorious. Um, meaning, like actually understanding physiologically um, and psychologically what's happening, which is that you are doing things that are very unnatural and very um, unhuman. Um, which is to you know essentially uh, your survival instincts are, are going to. It's like I always say. What the way I always described it is your your mind takes leaps, your soul takes leaps. No, your soul takes leaps, and then your body and your mind have to spend some time catching up and so um I love I think one of the biggest takeaways is actually when I when I know I'm in a uh, like a four alarm five alarm tunnel or whatever when I'm in a freak out I actually know physiologically and this is just how I work but for me it helps a great deal to know ah this is this is what's happening this is what's happening this is why I feel this way which is my body is saying, this is dangerous. Like, my survival system, the thing that keeps it alive, you know, is is on, is online, and it's going to be And it's actually working
0: really well. It's
1: working very well. <laughs> um, so one, I think, is just understanding that, and then also because being in the understanding, writing it, right, like, so being okay instead of rejecting it, because that makes it worse. Pushing away and, and not wanting yeah. um, makes it worse. So the first is understanding and writing. Um, the second is um is is again like my um comes from my connection my love this uh Emerson quote which is god will not have his work made manifest by cowards and mm-hmm. so there's this it's such a good one um it comes from the essay self reliance which is also excellent but like there's there's this there is this i would say the um the biggest takeaway from it is that a lot of times when we're called to do something that causes us to freak out and that can be anything. It can be, that can be quitting drinking, right? And that can be, yeah. um, you know, coming out about your drinking. That can be being the different person. It can be quitting your job. Um, but the things that we're called to do, and my friend Steve posted this really good quote too yesterday. Um, oh, was it the Joseph Campbell one? Yeah, let me read it. Um It is the adventure that he is ready for is the one that he gets, right? Um, So somewhere, some combination between those two things, the biggest takeaway from that is the task, the things that we're tasked with is not a mistake. It's not. um, And that's, and even if it feels like a mistake, It's it's okay, like it's okay to feel that way. It's like big work, you know. Big work takes big courage, and to um, to no matter like the biggest takeaway from it is, um, I mean, you and I are still here. I haven't run away. I haven't gone and found another job. Um, I haven't, you know, I haven't like I haven't stopped. Um, And so I think like the biggest takeaway from it is stand in it and stand in your bravery in that. It takes bravery to stand in the unknown. It takes bravery to be in the place in between. It takes bravery to be a forest dweller for a while and just surviving. And it's not a mistake. It's not a mistake, right? It is by design. So that's the second. And then the third is... Oh, God. I don't know what the third. I'm going to leave it at two. Cause...
0: I love those. Those are – yeah, not a mistake, Izzy. Um, you need to write a whole thing about that.
1: Oh, okay. Um, yeah. But it's not. It's not a
0: mistake. No. You're right. No, it's not. It's, it's one of the biggest – and it's so empowering to remember that. It's so um, – well, it also takes the burden off of you. Like, I expected you to say um, at some point um, – the piece about it's not about you, like remembering that it's not about you. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I didn't expect you to say that right now, but through the podcast, just remembering that, like, because you've said that to me, and I always find it so. I've forgotten it's about that
1: one. Such a relief!
0: <laughs> like it's not about you. You know, that's You're your re- ego re- talking, right? Yep. Yeah, and that's that is, and it's also your ego freaking out. I mean, yeah. part of it is your ego freaking out. So, yeah. <clears throat> this was awesome. We could do this for, that's it's almost two hours. Long. Oh my God. I just looked at the well, clock. Well,
1: I know, but the, just so you know, we only have an hour and 33 on the recording. It's not terrible. I mean, it's pretty bad. It's no, pretty I
0: bad. love it. We needed it that, too. We,
1: we used to get so many emails at the beginning that were like, it'd be great if it could be shorter. And I love that we
0: just, <laughs> just you ignored them.
1: Whatever. Well, I just, you know, I still, I was talking to somebody today and I was like, I still pretend that nobody listens to this. Um,
0: it's, uh, we Sorry. have to. It's very helpful. I, yeah, we have to. Like, if I thought about people listening, I would. I'm always like sound my sound even more
1: skedaddled. I know. I know. My friend John wrote me and was like, "Great podcast with Augustin." Augustin, and I was like, "You listen?" And he was like, "Yeah, I've listened to several of them at this point." And I was like, "Holy <laughs> shit!"
0: What? It always surprises me when the dudes listen.
1: Oh well, he's like, yeah, he's my one of my. Soul Brothers. Anyway,
0: um, still a dude.
1: Yeah, but he's like a, a dude that went with me to get my manicures. I don't know. He's like a <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> oh, all right. So yeah.
1: So let's wrap it. This I great. love you. Let's wrap.
0: I love you too. And um, I feel like I ha- we have some closing thing to say, but I guess we don't. Like this no. is going up tomorrow, and we're on regular schedule now. We're back on regular schedule. Oh, that's we missed awesome. a week. Um,
1: okay, yeah, let's just end it. Let's just to save everybody.